Well, happy Father's Day to all you dads out there, and we celebrate all the men today. We are, we are thrilled that you're here. I hope you guys get a chance to grab one of those donuts on the way out. You are catching us in week two of a series called Pass It On, where we're talking about sharing our faith. And if you weren't here last week, we kicked off the series, not talking about how we do it, but talking about why we do it. And um, basically, we said that the reason why we share our faith is because our faith isn't just some mystical, mythical thing. It's actually based on real events that took place in history. Our faith in Jesus is real. And uh, one of the sound bites from last week is we said that if there's anyone who can successfully predict his own death and resurrection and then pull it off, we're going to listen to what that guy said. I mean, that's pretty amazing. There's only one person in human history that's ever done that. And basically when Jesus did that, that was his proof. That was his evidence that, hey, I'm God. And so when Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, when Jesus says we are to go and share our faith with other people, we may not necessarily like that, or we may really need to wrestle with that, but at the end of the day, it is something that Jesus calls us to do. And as we jump into how we do that today, I want to start by saying this. I believe that deep down inside of just about every single one of us who's here, we actually want to do this. We might be really nervous about it. We may not have a clue how to do it, but we want to do it because there's a reason Unless you're getting dragged here, there's a reason why you come here on Sunday mornings, right? There's a value add to your church experience, and there's a value add to a relationship with God. And deep down, we want that for other people that we care about, don't we? Friends, coworkers, family members, neighbors, but we just don't really know what in the world that would look like. I mean, this is Washington, D.C. This is the year 2014. How in the world do we share our faith in a way that makes sense and in a way that's not offensive and in a way that's actually effective and will work? And so that's what we're going to talk about today is how do we do this? And we're going to continue this for the next two weeks after this. And so we're going to take a look at a guy named Paul. Paul is uh, considered to be arguably the greatest Christian to ever walk the face of the earth. He wrote much of the New Testament. This is the Apostle Paul. He traveled around the Mediterranean Rim and started churches all over the place. And so we're going to look at a technique that Paul used to share his faith. Now, you may be like, wait, 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 that was 2,000 years ago. How could a technique he used 2,000 years ago possibly be effective today? I mean, how could that work? Well, I think you'll find out that this technique really, really is a powerful thing that we can do today, and it will really speak in our city, in our day, today. So, If you brought your Bible or you want to turn your program to the back, we are in the book of Acts, chapter 26. Acts is the fifth book of the New Testament. It goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels about Jesus. And then Acts is the history of the early church. We're in the 26th chapter, but I got to catch you up because there's a bunch of stuff that's been going on. So this apostle Paul, this Jewish man, has been going around and the whole city of Jerusalem is in uproar. Literally, it's like rioting going on. They are trying to put their hands on Paul and kill him. The Jewish people are all stirred up. And the reason they're stirred up is because Paul, who was Jewish himself, is going around saying, listen, listen, listen. You got to believe in Jesus. Okay? Jesus is the way to God. Jesus is God. Now, that was blasphemy right there. You couldn't say that. 
Everyone has seen Jesus was just a, a human being. So how, how could you say this? And so Paul is going around saying, no, 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 no. He rose from the dead. He's appeared. He is the Messiah. And he has got the whole city of Jerusalem in an absolute uproar. And so in the middle of this mob scene, this riot, and they're trying to kill Paul, the Roman authorities step in and arrest him. Now, what the heck are the Roman authorities doing arresting a Jewish guy in basically this Jewish mob scene? Well, here's what's going on. This is the Roman Empire. This is 2,000 years ago. And the Romans controlled the whole region. So the Jewish people were allowed to be kind of a sovereign nation in terms of practicing their faith. But basically, they were, there were two conditions under which they could do this. Two things. Okay, Romans said, you can do whatever you want provided. You pay your taxes and you don't cause problems, okay? Pay your taxes, don't cause problems. Well, Paul's causing all kinds of problems. And so the Roman authorities step in, they arrest him. And Paul is actually going to be on his way to stand before the emperor Caesar. And so the, the kings of the regions, in the local regions, King Festus and King Agrippa, they are trying to figure out what in the world is the formal charge that Paul is charged with before they just send him on to Caesar. They want to try and give Caesar a little bit of the backstory. So, so Paul and Agrippa, or I'm sorry, Festus and Agrippa, they bring uh, Paul in and they say, okay, Paul, tell us what's going on. We want to hear, you know, what's, what's the deal here? And that's where we are in Acts chapter 26. Um, Paul actually gets the chance to, uh, to speak. And what Paul chooses to do is what we're going to talk about today. Paul chooses to share his testimony of what God has done in his life. So Paul simply shares his story of faith. So we're going to look at Paul's story, kind of breaks into three parts. And we're going to have, I'm going to have you guys think today about what is your story. We're going to look at Paul's story and we're going to look at your story. Now, we're not just going to have you think about your story, but I actually am going to carve out time toward the end of the service where um, there's a worksheet inside of your program, and you're actually going to spend some time right in the middle of this service today jotting down your story. So as you're hearing this, I want you to be thinking about what is your story. In each of these parts, what does your story look like? All right? So... Let's jump right in. Not everyone's going to have three parts to their story, so don't freak out if, you, if you're not identifying with each part. We'll get to that later, all right? Part one of Paul's story, as he's going before these two Roman kings, is the before. The before. If you're filling along, write this in. Before. This is before meeting Jesus. Acts 26, starting in verse 4. So Paul's saying to these kings, he says, The Jewish people all know the way I've lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They've known me for a long time and can testify, if they're willing, that I conformed to the strictest sect of our religion, living as a Pharisee. So he's like, man, I wasn't just Jewish. I was like super Jewish, all right? Like I did everything possible, the strictest sect. Anybody know anybody who is like a by the book person? Like everything is always by the book. They're like the uber, uber rule follower. Okay, this was Paul. Every law, every command, every rule, the Pharisees followed it to the letter. And so Paul's like, man, I wasn't just Jewish, man. I was like super, super religious. He says, I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that's just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, 
I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time, I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. And I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. This is Paul's before. He's saying, listen, before I was a Christian, this is what I was doing. I was super, super religious as a Jewish man. So much so that these crazy followers of the way of Jesus, man, I, was, I was rounding them up and persecuting them. Now, for most of us in this room, this is where our story begins. For most of us, we do have this part one, this before part. Um, for some of us, we didn't grow up in church. We didn't actually grow up in a religious household. We came to faith later on in life. And so the before part of our story is simply what life looked like before that all happened, before you were really introduced to Jesus Christ. For many of us in this room, we actually did grow up in Christian households and grew up going to church or Sunday school or whatever. But for a lot of us, here's, here's the before. Maybe we heard about God and we knew we were supposed to go to church and our parents had this faith and so they were imparting it to us and we kind of knew that there were things you did and there were things you didn't do and you read the Bible and you know, then you were, you were religious but didn't really understand the relationship with Jesus. Didn't understand this whole like Jesus dying for my sins and it's by grace that we, that we are, are saved and we come into a relationship with God. And so maybe we had the faith of our parents but we didn't really have the faith for ourselves or we hadn't really made, the light bulb hadn't come on for us in terms of a relationship with God. Now, for me, that was very much my before. I'm not sure what your before looked like. I want you to be thinking about your before. For me, I grew up in church. My parents raised my brother and I to go to church pretty much every Sunday. We went to Sunday school. Uh, we did youth group as I got into high school. But I, I never really made that connection. I never really understood what it meant to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And so when I got to college, I was gone. I was gone. I was like, man, this is cool. It's Sunday morning and mom and dad's not here telling me I have to go. So guess what? I'm not going. And basically throughout college, I didn't, I didn't go to church and uh, just kind of lived for myself, did what, whatever I felt like doing. And then fast forward to about 22 years old. Um, and um, basically everything in my life is rolling along really, really nicely at this point. So I am living in Cincinnati, Ohio with some buddies of mine, some really good friends from college. And we are living in like just a prime yuppie part of downtown Cincinnati. We've got this nice house. We've got a lot of friends in the area. I managed to get the job that I was like my dream job. I wanted to go into business consulting and the change management side of things. I really wanted to make a difference and an impact in people's lives. I'm making more money than I know what to do with as a recent college grad. Life is beautiful. On top of all that, I'm dating my dream girl. The girl is like, we were best friends through most of college. And then I managed to kind of thwart a relationship she was in. Um, that's another story. But anyway, um, you know, pursuit, it'll get, get you a long way. Anyway, um, so I'm, I'm dating my dream girl. Like, I mean, I'm just rolling, right? And you know what? In spite of really having scripted, you couldn't have scripted it any better. Just felt like something in my life was missing. 
couldn't put my finger on what it was. I just really wasn't satisfied. I felt like, is this all there is? There's got to be more to this. Even on the best weekend that we would have, or, you know, the best day that you'd, you'd have, it's just like, is this it? There's something more than this? That's my before. How about you? What does your before look like? I want you to think about it, because I'm going to give you time in the service to jot some thoughts down. All right, so that's part one. Paul shares his before. Part two, Paul shares his how. His how. How did you come to believe in Jesus? Verse 12, Paul says, On one of these journeys, now remember, he was so obsessed with persecuting Christians that he was traveling all around, trying to round them up and get them killed. So he says, On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and the commission of the chief priests. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground. And I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads. This was an expression back then in today's kind of language. It'd be like, Paul, why are you beating your head against a brick wall? It's not going to do you any good what you're doing. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? The Lord replied, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you've seen and will see of me. So Paul's standing before these kings and he says, listen, this might sound crazy, but this is how I came to believe in Jesus. This is what happened to me. Now, there are some of you, and you can relate to Paul here because you have had a supernatural encounter with God. You, something has happened in your life that is absolutely unexplainable in the human realm. The only explanation is a supernatural occurrence. You have an unbelievable God thing that happened in your life. And I just want to say to you, if you've had that like lightning bolt revelation type of an experience, that is so cool. Do do you realize how, how awesome that is? If that's you today, everybody else is so jealous of you. I mean, unless, unless, it was one of those kind of bad lightning bolt experiences, you know, encounters with God. And then we're not jealous of you there. But, but for those of you who had like a, like a positive one, God did something amazing. You had some sort of a miraculous thing. You saw a vision. You had some answer to prayer that was just mind-blowing. No explanation other than the supernatural. You have such a cool testimony. Your story is so powerful. I I just, I want you to stop and just realize that because not everybody has that. In fact, most of us, we don't have that. So if you've got that, that's part of your how, how you came to believe in Jesus. For many of us who are here today, we, we don't have something like that. The, the, the miraculous supernatural thing that happened was more subtle You see, it actually was going on in our heart. God was dealing with stuff in our heart, working on things with us. Maybe our heart was hard, or we'd had some things that had happened, and God's miraculous work, his intervention, 
had to do with healing, softening our heart. Or maybe it was God's work in our head, helping us to get a whole different perspective and seeing the world differently through the eyes of God. Now, for some of us, our how, we can pinpoint it to an exact moment in time, can't we? Like, we, we know the day, the hour, we know what clothes we were wearing, we know where we were, we know who we were with. Like, it is clear as day, it might have been two decades ago, but you can absolutely remember it. You can nail it down to a moment in time. But for others, your how doesn't look like that. It was more like a process. So over time, as you were kind of wrestling with spiritual things and you were trying to figure out who Jesus was and all that, um, over time, maybe you, even, you didn't even realize when exactly that happened. But then looking back, you were like, man, I realized, like, I think I'm a Christian. Like, I've been, I've followed, been following Jesus for a while now. I'm not sure when I kind of crossed that line, but, but somewhere in there I did. And so for you, it's probably a season of life. It's a process. It's not necessarily a point in time. But here's the thing. I want you to think about for you, for you, it's going to look different for different people. What's your how? What is your how? I'm going to tell you mine. Uh, we, I didn't have some amazing lightning bolt experience. I'm always jealous of people who, who had that, but I didn't have that. For me, it was a lot of process, and then I can't pinpoint to an exact day, but I can get close. So um, I told you everything was rolling along great in my life, and then life just started to happen, had some adversity, some different things were going on, which, which was kind of, as I was going to church now, my, my wife, uh, who was my girlfriend at the time, had invited me to a church much like Grace, where it was a safe place to ask questions. It's cool. Wherever you are in your journey, you can come and learn about Jesus. And um, so I'm coming. And uh, I also, for the first time, was like, man, I've got some stuff going on in my life. So I, I, I was realizing like I had this need as well, as well as everything being cool and looking for something more significant. And so I started going to this church. It was about 18 months. My process was about 18 months long, my how. And Basically, I was at this church and I was, I was doing two things. If you're here today and man, you're, you're really wrestling with who Jesus is, you're trying to figure it out. Okay, I did two things. Maybe these will be helpful for you. The first thing that I did was whatever the action, the application point was in the sermon, I just started to do it. So whatever it was every week, I was like, man, these guys who are up here seem like good guys, seem like high character, probably not going to go too far wrong if I'm doing things like forgiving people and other things like that. I'm just going to try that, okay? My life started to change. It was awesome. So that's the first thing. It started to do it. Whatever Jesus said, just do it. Just try it. In fact, Jesus said, and we talked about this um, two weeks ago. We talked about this two weeks ago. If um, Jesus said in John 7, 17, he said, basically, I'm paraphrasing. You want to know whether I made this up or whether this is divine? Just start doing it. You'll figure it out. Start doing it. So that was the first thing. Just started doing what Jesus said. And the second thing is I started asking questions. I went on a relentless pursuit of, can I believe this? Is this Bible just some dusty old book or is this inspired? Did Jesus really live? Was this just made up, man? Did these disciples just, just were they looking for a cool story? And I started wrestling and asking lots of questions about the existence of the world and, and you know, God and faith and Jesus and all this big stuff. And over the course of about 18 months, I didn't get every single question answered, but I came to a point, I did enough research. There was enough evidence for me to say, you know what? This actually happened. There was someone named Jesus who lived, who taught, who had followers, who claimed to be God, who died, 
and rose again. There was enough compelling evidence for me to be able to put my faith in Jesus. And I remember, I remember, I don't remember the day, it was toward the end of the year 2000, and I just remember, uh, I don't know, I just, kind of last week's story actually is the culmination for me, where I, where I told you about, um, about all this stuff about Jesus and, and all the evidence outside of Christianity. And I had weighed all that out, and it just hit me. This one night, I said, wow, oh my God, this is real. I just like, Jesus, you're real. And then I was like, oh my God. I, I mean, it was, it, that, was my, that was my moment. And I want to encourage you, you know, feel free if you, if you weren't here last week, as we talked about why we can believe this. That story that I told and all the, all the stuff we went through last week, that's actually my story. That's kind of how, what I went through and came to a place. I didn't say that last week, but that's how I came to my how. So that's my how, how I came to faith. What's yours? What does yours look like? I hope we're priming the pump here because we're getting ready to do a little shared activity. All right, now, one more thing on this how piece. If you are here today and you're just checking out Christianity, like you don't know where you stand, you know, with Jesus and the Bible and all that, but you're, you're just kind of taking a look. We are so glad that you're here. So glad that you're here. I just want to let you know, you're not going to have a how, okay? So it's cool. I know. It's like, I don't have, I haven't done that yet. We know. It's cool. It's cool. You're, you're, when we get to the uh, worksheet portion, we're going to carve out a little time. Your piece is going to be real easy because you're just going to have one thing you're going to have to worry about, all right? So, uh, but we are thrilled that you're here. You're not going to have to worry about that section. So Paul, his first part is the before, then the how, last part is after. Verse 19, Paul says, So then, King Agrippa, I wasn't disobedient to the vision from heaven. First to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and then to the Gentiles. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. That is why some Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. He's now referring back to that's the riot. That was why all this crazy chaos ensued. That's why I got arrested. But God has helped me to this very day. So I stand here and testify to small and great alike. So Paul says, King Agrippa, here's my after. Here's what my after looked like. So after I saw this vision, I had this radical encounter with God. I just started preaching everywhere I possibly could that Jesus is God. Now, this makes a lot of sense to me. Because if you had that kind of an encounter with God, you better do something, right? I mean, this account, Paul doesn't share it here, but in other places in Acts where he shared the same story, he, he mentions that he's actually struck blind. If you remember the story, he's actually struck blind. So, I mean, this is some serious stuff. God's getting his attention. So it's like, man, boy, you better pay attention. You better start doing something, Paul, because Lord knows what's going to happen if you didn't get that sign, right? So he's like, man, I've just been preaching everywhere I could. But then he says something else as part of his after story. He says, God has helped me to this very day. So he says, since he's been out following Jesus, doing what he's supposed to be doing, God's been helping him every day. And that, he's saying, that's what's happened since I've put my faith in Jesus Christ. So I want you to think about your story. What has happened to you 
for those of you who've put your faith in Jesus, what has happened since you've done that? What has life looked like? And we're not saying that it's all blue skies and sunshine, but, but you know, and, and you please feel free to, to talk about those in your story because they're real. But at the end of the day, what's the value add of your faith? I mean, what are those things that are, I mean, what are the benefits? What, what has changed? What's different now since you put your faith in Jesus? For me, and I talked at length about this two Sundays ago, when we, when we really got into talking about like why it is that we obey and follow Jesus. And I listed a whole bunch of things in my life. Um, but I'm just going to give you just like the number one thing off the top with that one. For my after, what's happened since I put my faith in Christ? Probably the number one thing that I've experienced, there's been a lot, but the number one thing has been peace. It's been God's peace. It really has been. I can tend to get amped up sometimes. I can tend to be a little anxious at times. I can worry a little too much at times. I'm sure none of you can relate. But anyway, um, I have just found that since I came to know that God is real, that God has demonstrated his love for me by coming to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ and dying for my sins so that I could be sure of his promises. It's been amazing. Now, what I just love is where Jesus says, you know, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, I'm with you. And nothing can separate us from God's love. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ. That is amazing stuff. And so I have just found, and it hasn't always been perfect, but I have found that more times than not, I've just had a profound sense of peace as a result of my relationship with God. That's my after. I could go on and on about that, but that, that probably rises to the top as my number one thing. For those of you who are thinking about your after, there's probably a lot of benefits. What are the things that rise to the top for you? What has life been like since you started following Jesus? So we're now going to move beyond just talking about this, and we're going to go to doing this thing right now. So you uh, should have a little insert. All right, so go ahead and take this out. It's got three questions on it. It's two-sided, so you're just gonna, you only need the one side that's the black and white side that says based on a true story at the top. There's three questions there that I want you to fill out. If you need a pen, just shoot your hand up. We've got some pens coming around. If you don't have any paper, pull out a smartphone or something or write on your arm, okay? I don't care what you do, but I uh, want you to, um, to, to, to participate. So there's just two rules here, two rules, all right? We're going to set a timer for three minutes, three minutes. What I want you to do is take one minute per question, and the only way you're going to pull this off so you don't get overwhelmed is just write in bullet point form, okay? Phrases, bullet points, don't go for a whole big long novel, okay? You'll, you'll, you'll never get through it in the three minute time. This is just to, to begin this thing. So we're going to go ahead and roll the timer and um, we're going we're gonna to start that song. If you already know your story, you've already done this a million times, take these three minutes to pray for those around you that God would put them in touch with their story in a really powerful way.
thought you'd get The question is Will you do something with it Or spend your days Lost in your regret This is the story Okay, sorry, I gotta pause for one second Can we pause for one second? I just remembered a, a very important instruction I had for, uh, <laughs> for this. So if you're here and, you, and you're just exploring Christianity, just ignore one and two. Just go to number three. But here's the modified question, okay? What has your life been like since you started coming to church or since you started kind of exploring some spiritual things, since you started to look at Jesus and, and, and look at some of his teachings? That's the only question you need to worry about, okay? I'm really sorry about that. Just forgot to give that. And, and one other thing. If you're here and you put your faith in Jesus when you were like, you know, three years old and you've just never looked back, like you've always been on the path, you've always had that relationship with God, first of all, that's awesome. Do you know how much like pain and heartache God has spared you by keeping you on that path? That's amazing. You probably don't have much of a before, okay? So you can just move to two and three. Just move to two and three. And uh, sorry about that. Let's, let's keep on rolling. Okay, that's three minutes. If you are on a roll, just keep right on going. Just tune me out. What I'm going to say to close out the service, don't even worry about it, all right? I mean, what you're doing is way more important and way cooler. So just keep, keep on. I'm dead serious. Just keep on writing. Keep on working if you're rolling, okay? But I want to tell you something, okay? Even if you have no intention of sharing this, because this is way too personal and this is way too crazy, 
to share with anybody else, even if you have no intention. Let me tell you why what you just did is so important and why it's important to see this through if you just got started and you're not finished with this little activity. Here's the deal. Getting in touch with what God has been up to in your life is so powerful, not only for others, but for you. So let's just take part two for an example. Your how, all right? When you have a season of your life, you're flooded with doubts, or maybe some suffering happens to you or other people you care about, when all the things that you believe fly out the window and you're like, nothing makes sense. You know what? Forget this. That part of your story, your how, you got to come back to that. You got to be in touch with that because that is what helped you to come to faith in Jesus. That's what clicked the light bulb on for you. And returning to that is what puts you back on a good foundation when everything around you is shaken. Now, let's look at that the after. That after, that's the value add of your faith. That's why it matters. That's all the blessings of following Jesus and having a relationship with him. You know why it's important to be in touch with that? For some of you, like, wow, I never really wrote this down before. I never thought about this. Okay, when, when it gets hard, when you're in a season and it's just hard and you feel like giving up, you just feel like quitting. There's other roads and they might be a lot more glamorous or a lot easier. You're like, man, maybe I shouldn't stay on this road anymore. Being in touch with your after is huge because that's when you're like, I'd be crazy. And you're looking at this, you're like, oh my goodness, this is all the stuff that God's been doing since I've been following him. I'd be a fool to walk away from this. Those roads might look good, but they're not. They're not better than what I got here. Do you see how important it is? Not just to share, but just to be in touch with what God has done in your life. It's so important just for you, even if you're not gonna share it. But I cannot encourage you enough to think and pray about sharing this story. Because sharing your story is so powerful. And here's why. Stories inspire. We are in the information age, are we not? We are information saturated. For every, there, we don't need data on anything. It's all available at our fingertips. And in fact, information doesn't do it for us anymore, right? Because we know that there's some other study or some other website that's going to say the exact opposite thing. Am I right? Information doesn't move anybody in this room anymore, pretty much. What does? Stories. Stories. It's not information, it's inspiration. And stories inspire. Your story inspires other people. Think about it. You know, you know, like how to get healthy and get in shape and lose weight and all this kind of stuff, right? And that's great. You know how to do that. But when someone walks up to you, you're like, man, you look awesome. What happened? And they're like, you know what? I just lost 30 pounds in two months doing this and this and this. And you're like, man, you pay attention, don't you? It's a story. It moves you. When someone says, hey, you know, uh, if you're wondering where I've been, you know, I was down in the Caribbean. I was working two hours a week from my smartphone. I made $250,000 a year. Um, you're going to pay attention to that. You, that. That's a real life story. It's a testimony of someone, right? Stories move us. Your story is going to move other people. You may not think it will, but it will. Here's the other thing. Stories not only inspire, stories preach without preaching. They preach without preaching. And here's what I mean by that. In this 21st century postmodern society that we live in, where it's live and let live and don't you dare tell me what to do or dare tell me what to believe, you're not. 
you're simply saying, hey, you don't need to believe this about God or whatever. I'm just telling, let me just tell you what's happened in my life. Let me tell you what God has done in me and for me. And when you do that, it moves people and it preaches without preaching. It shares truth in a way that can be received. This is a postmodern way to share your faith. It's not offensive. It's just your story. They might think you're crazy. They might, okay? He's totally crazy. I can't believe it, man. But they can't disagree. They can't disagree. No, you didn't really have that happen to you in the shower two years ago. I mean, they can't do that, right? So stories inspire and they preach without preaching. Now, I'll tell you one other thing. Because some of you in here, you have a really cool, dramatic, compelling story. Like you had a God moment and it's amazing. But many of us don't have that. I want to tell you something. If you think your story's boring, like you're looking at you like, oh man, this is just like so boring. Gosh, who'd ever want to hear this? Let me tell you something. Your story doesn't have to be dramatic to be compelling. It doesn't have to be. I shared my story today in three parts, okay? Let me just rewind and give you the 30-second version of that. So I grew up in church, but never really got what it meant to be in a relationship with God through Jesus. So I checked out when I was in college. When I was 22, I started really searching for meaning and faith and what that looked like. And I eventually came to a place where I found, I believed that Jesus was actually a real person who did this, that Christianity is a real thing. I put my faith in Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And since then, I have experienced so many blessings and the peace that I've experienced from a relationship with God and all the things that I've been following him has been amazing for me. There was, there's no lightning bolts in that story. Okay, that's a pretty vanilla, boring story, Right? I mean, three of you fell asleep just in that 30 seconds. I was just right there, okay? But it's powerful, isn't it? Isn't it? Why? Because stories move people. Your story is powerful, and here's why. If you think it's boring, it's not, because most people's lives aren't that interesting. (laughs) They're just not. So you have common ground. People can relate because they weren't like off having some crazy, you know, their life wasn't totally insane like you see on made-for-TV movies. It's just, life's not like that for most people. So your story is absolutely powerful. Now, one last thing and then we're done, okay? If you want your story to be effective, I want you to take what you started today with these bullets and you take it and put it into some sort of a format. This is just a guide to help you to, to write some sort of a story. Your story's gotta be short, It's got to be short. You may be all fired up about it. If it's 10 minutes long, it ain't going to work. If it's five minutes long, it's not going to work. This is Washington, D.C., okay? Three minutes max. My goal, one minute. One minute or less. If they want more, they'll ask. If they're interested, you'll know. Boil it down. You want the super goal is one minute, okay? You can't hit that, go for three. Three minutes. It's one minute per part. So, you got to keep it short. So here's the deal. If you're fired up today and you're like, man, this is great. And you're looking at your story. And like I never kind of saw that God was doing in my life. And you're ready to share. Like you're ready to walk out of here and you're ready to share this with somebody. Let me just say the first person you run into on the way out of here, don't just stop and say, I just want to tell you my story. Okay. That's weird. Just don't, don't do that. Okay. We have completely, completely messed the whole thing up. If you do that, 
All right? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you've got someone you know well, someone, a, a close friend, family member, you definitely, you can go back and share this with them. That's actually a great safe person to kind of get warmed up on this whole thing. All right? Don't share this with random people just randomly. All right? That, that's not, we're going to talk next week about how to begin a conversation, some rules of engagement. Okay, so, so stay with us. Come back next week and we'll, we'll talk about how we, how we get into this so you can work your story into a conversation. Now, I'm going to give you a challenge though. Here's the challenge. It's Father's Day. Men love challenges, don't we guys? We love challenges, right? And you're getting that maple bourbon bacon donut for nothing. So here's a way you can feel like you earned it, you know, guys. All right, here's the deal. Challenge for everybody here in this room. I want to challenge you to email me your story. Send me an email. It's at the bottom of this sheet. It's the very bottom of the sheet there you had on this handout. That's my email address. It's going only to me. Send me your story. It can be in bullet points. It can be written out, whatever. Take a step. Share your story with me. I will, I will read it. I will pray for you. And let me tell you, you want to bless me? Maybe you're like, who cares about you? But anyway, you want to bless me? It will be a blessing to read what God is doing. There's nothing that pumps me up like knowing what God's doing in the lives of people that I know and care about. So there's your challenge for the week. Next week, we're going to talk about how we get into those conversations in a way that works today in our world today. Will you pray with me? God, um, first of all, I want to thank you for all the men in this room, God, the fathers, and just all the guys. And we just ask, God, that you bless them today, that we'd celebrate them. Uh, God, we all have shortcomings, but I just pray, God, that, that um, everyone in their lives would just lift up and celebrate all the, the great things and would encourage them today uh, to be the men that you want them to be. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this story that Paul gives so wonderfully. And um, I just pray, God, I, I, my biggest thing is I just thank you, not so much for Paul's story, which is awesome, but for the stories that have just been written down in this room, hundreds of stories. I thank you for the work that you are doing in the lives of each person here at Grace. I pray, Lord, that you would let people use this as a starting point, but then this week that you would... Let them be, be up for the challenge of writing down their story and doing something about it, sending it in. And then, God, we just look forward to next week where we will learn more about how we do this in a way that works today. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.